In the 90s, he had over 30 singles on the Billboard country charts. Seven reached number one. I can love you like that. I swear. I swear. And so. Were named by Billboard as the top country songs of 1994 and 1995. This is Hello from the 90s with John Michael Montgomery. Hello from the 90s. It's John Michael Montgomery. Hey, John Michael Montgomery. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the the uh, early 90s. When you talk about 90s country, dude, that that's you. And uh, you got started back, uh, Life's a Dance, I guess, was the very first album or tape you put out. And something that I always find in- interesting is the songs that maybe you passed up to put on your first album, and did they make it to anybody else's album? Well, first of all, it's, it's really funny to hear you say the word tape. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very few people would even understand. What do you mean tape? Yeah, they, you know they made. What the hell did they use tape back in those days? But uh, you know, cassette tape, of course. Uh, uh, you know, there was a, a few songs I think that made it on a few other al- albums. A couple of them I think were uh, trying to think of his name, uh, Billy. Uh, Billy uh, Dean. Billy Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. He had a song I remember that uh, was a hit. Uh, now, don't ask me to remember what it was, but, <laughs> uh, but I remember he had one that I had passed on. It was a, a pretty good song, uh, but uh, I don't think uh, I passed on anything that uh, ended up being, you know, as big as the ones that I ended up keeping. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, I, I love The Way You Love Me, number one song, and probably the best wedding song of the early 90s when you recorded that song did you look around go heck yeah this can be played at everybody's wedding well it was funny because i was wanting that to be the first single off of life's a dance album and of course the label and the producer said oh no we gotta do life's a dance this is you know and i was like okay i you know and i I just i knew that uh, i love the way you love me could have a chance to be really big for me and of Mm -hmm. course every artist wants that career hit so when they when we were able to put that out, that actually ended up being my first number one record, and it's still my favorite ballad to sing because the lyrics were written so cleverly. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, when the label uh, head exec of Atlantic called me up uh, after I got the album finished. He says, "You got to go back in and recut this. Uh, I love the way you love me. You messed. It. You sang the lyrics backwards." <laughs> and I went, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You said." Uh, I like the feel of your name on my lips, and I like the sound. He said, it's supposed to be the other way, ain't it? I said, no. I said, that's the way it's written. That's why it's so cool. Right. Is I like the you know feel of your name on my lips was just so cool instead of the other way around. And the sound of your sweet, gentle kiss. And I was like, that's what is so cool about that song. And then, of course, I really thought that that was going to be my biggest uh, career song ever. You know, and I was like, uh, man, you know, I'm, I've got that career song. This yeah. And that. And then, of course, on the next album, I swear, came out, and I was like, "Okay, well, maybe I got another career song." <laughs> yeah, hey, it's always good to have two. And 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 something about yeah. the uh, "I love the way you love me," which har- hardly ever happens for anybody. It's it's your second song on your first album, and it and it becomes single of the year at the Academy of Country Music Awards. I mean, that doesn't happen, and uh, that just propelled you up to the next level on your very first album. Had to be thankful for that. 
Well, I mean, you know, I've been playing the, the, the bars around here in central Kentucky and stuff. And so, you know, I was uh, tickled to death that Life's a Dance went number four mm-hmm. and uh, then have a, a number one single. I was at that point right there. It was just pinch me mode. And <laughs> I, I never even thought about getting, uh, you know, first of all, I never even thought about getting nominated for anything because I, it was my very, my debut album and stuff. Right. And, and it's so hard. And uh, so when I did get, you know, nominated, and I think it ended up winning, uh, actually. It did. Uh, it I won. Believe, uh, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, what's happening? I, last year, <laughs> I was playing this honky-tonk. You know? <laughs> well, that's kind of how <laughs> it know, goes. But, you know, everybody thinks it's yeah. overnight success. It never is, but it, it, it kind of feels that way, I guess, even to uh, the person who's living it. Well, it is, but if it happens fast like it did for me, I mean, it was actually almost – more than I, I was, I was really overwhelmed with my, how fast my success hit. You know, I mean, I wasn't prepared for it, to be honest with you. I mean, I just came out of the nightclubs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I was just, uh, you know, I couldn't believe all this was happening. And of course, you know, I'm kind of a laid back uh, guy, you know, so all of a sudden I had people all around me, you know, just wanting, uh, as Vince Gill saying, a piece of my time. And I was trying to give it to everybody I could. And and there wasn't enough time in the day. And of course, you know, uh, I mean, I was just, uh, I, there's times that I, I'm like, what just happened? Because <laughs> you know? it went by so fast I didn't even, you know, wasn't even keep, yeah. wasn't able to keep up with it. Uh, Kicking It Up was the next one. You, and you mentioned I Swear, which, of course, was a huge song, so huge it crossed over, and so huge that a pop group covered it all for one. When you heard they were going to do it, were you like, no way? Well, it was funny uh, because, the label exec, Rick Blackburn at the time, he wanted to meet with me about the song Going Pop. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he asked me, he said, look, uh, we." he said, there's a, a group uh, that's in on the Atlantic, Nashville, New York, and they've recorded the song, but they, they, they want to make sure, you know, if you want to go pop with this, you have the first, you know, I mean, we'll, we we just don't want to, you know, because at that time I was a hot artist, and I guess they wanted to make sure they weren't going to make me mad or something. Right. So, uh, and I and I told them, I said, look, I said I'm I'm not a pop artist, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I know the song uh, the song could be a pop big pop hit, but I said, you know, I don't really want to be a, a pop star. I want to be a country music singer, and that's kind of where I want to stay at. I don't want to uh, jump over the you know the lines there. And I I said some people are really good at doing that. But I said, I don't really want to go there. I said, so let them, you know, rock on. The song is definitely, uh, I thought it was bigger than just the country format that it could cross over and be huge. And I thought, and, and you know, they did a, a, a fabulous job on it. Uh, you sang two of the hardest songs ever to sing along to, Be My Baby Tonight and Sold. Uh, how many takes did it take for you to sing those words that fast in both those songs? Well, uh, you know, I listened to those songs so much over and over and over in a pickup truck and whatever vehicle I was driving, uh, you know, I would put my, uh, at that time we had CD players in our vehicle. Uh, <laughs> and I would literally just burn that song, both of those songs back to back when I was going to go in the studio and sing them. Uh, I would just sit there and have them on repeat 
And so they would just repeat over and over again, and I would just sing them over and over again. So when I did go in the studio, it made it a little bit easier because those songs there, you don't want to have to think about singing them. You just want to, you know, you just, if you're thinking about singing, Be My Baby, or especially so the Grundy County Auction, you're going to screw it up. I'll just go ahead and tell you that right now. Especially if you're singing, (laughs) if you're singing, if you're doing karaoke, you know, it, uh, they actually, you know, they were definitely, uh, I think the biggest thing with sold especially was I had to learn how to breathe, get a good breath mm-hmm. and and try to get that whole chorus done without having to breathe in the middle of words, you know, and right. and so uh but hey, it took a lot of practice. There's no doubt about that. And uh I I have to say I've I've not messed it up too many times. There's been a couple of times I just if you have any kind of a uh, you know, a distraction or a brain fart, whatever you want to yeah, call it, uh-huh. you're going to mess that song up. I mean, and so I, I try to, I try not to think too much. It's kind of like the golf swing; just swing at it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, I want to talk to you about what you're doing now. But one song that I think we have to talk about, and it's not necessarily from the '90s, but it's "Letters from Home." And you can put that song on now, and it's still standing the test of time. Uh, to me, one of your greatest songs. Uh, tell me what that song meant to you. Well, I tell people the story. I mean, I, growing up, uh, you know, in the late 60s and the early 70s, I was born in 65, and I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. My grandmother, uh, which was my mom's, you know, uh, mom, she, uh, she had four boys, two girls. Uh, three of those boys actually were in the military. The oldest one was actually, uh, you know, in the, uh, uh, not in the Vietnam war, but the, uh, all the way back in the forties or fifties back when they were, uh, having a Korean war. Right. The other two were in the Vietnam war. And I remember that, especially when they were coming home, you know, from overseas. And, you know, I, I just remember my grandmother, you know, um, how happy she was to know that, you know, they were coming home safe. And, and so this song kind of took me back to that time period and, and, and uh, reminded me of that time. And uh, of course uh, it, it came, you know, it, it came after 2001, the nine 11 deal uh, back in 2003. And, our, and there was a, a lot of other songs that were out at that time, you know, kind of about the war and things like that and, and veterans and, and I just thought this song kind of came from a different angle altogether, and uh, and it and it sang about something that's been so important in people's lives, and that's uh, keeping in touch with each other through, uh, you know, the simple uh, pencil and paper. And and you know, it's nowadays with all the social media and stuff like that. You know, the the handwritten letter is something that oh, yeah. uh, you know is not not it's non-existent it happen that much anymore. So I think it makes it even more special if somebody takes the time to actually handwrite a letter to somebody. Absolutely. And uh, but my connection, you know, uh, with uh, it, it really helped open up the, the doors for me to be able to meet and go sing the song for uh, veterans and at forts and different places to uh, show my appreciation because they they are definitely my heroes. There's one thing that. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, you will never have to question about me is I, our military is number one in mm-hmm. my world and, uh, and they always will be. So it, it actually, it was a song that helped connect me with the families more. And I, I actually, 
uh, you know, just did a show uh, uh, here uh, this uh, just during the the Veterans Weekend uh, for uh, a uh, a bunch of veterans. Uh, there was several of them there that came to the show, and you know, and uh, I love acknowledging them and uh, singing a song for them. That's great. Let's talk about now. We've gotten past the '90s, and uh, one of the things that I that I've noticed here lately is uh, your son Walker is getting into the music business. Are you happy about that or not? Oh, I'm tickled to death. You know, I mean, I I never pushed them to be in the one. You know, I, I always kind of always had the guitars around and the pianos around, and and him and his sister both loved to sing and play. You know, instruments and mm-hmm. and uh, but I. I'm, you know, I was like my dad. All we always had me and my brother Eddie of Montgomery Gentry. Mm-hmm. We always had amplifiers and uh, in, you know instruments sitting around the house. A lot of times, as a matter of fact, that was our furniture. And <laughs> and uh, my mom had her drums always set up, you know, ready for practicing at any time like that. Yeah, right. my mom played drums for my dad, and and uh, you know, but they never ever pushed us to play music it was always there for us if you know if we wanted it you know and then that that's what happened with me I, I picked up the guitar I just really you know it once I picked up the guitar it just I gravitated toward it and my passion got stronger and stronger and that's the way it was the way it is with Walker and uh, you know he started playing guitar and singing a few years ago 14 15 years old now he's almost 19 uh, you know, he's been going down to Nashville some and writing. Well, he's wrote a really good song called Simple Town all by himself. So I went down there and uh, uh, had uh, a couple of guys produce it, uh, for, you know, for me on him. And it turned out absolutely great. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to move his career along and hopefully get him, uh, you know, a record deal and an album out next year and get him out on tour. Uh, he's uh uh, he's as genuine as they come, and mm-hmm. I think that's what uh, people are going to like about Walker more than anything. Well, I can say that about your entire family, John. You, Eddie, gosh, and, and, and you talk about musical. I think your your sister Becky's probably the best singer out of all of you. <laughs> well, she does sing. You know, she can she can well it out there. Yeah, and you know, and her son Dylan uh, actually is. Uh, uh, he's getting uh, cutting an album right now. Uh, wow. You know, like uh, 21, 22 years old, and uh, and he's being produced by the same guy that did Chris Stapleton. So you know, cool. Dylan Carmichael, uh, and uh, he's he writes really good songs too. Uh, you know, it's uh, obviously uh, for me, it, uh, being a proud dad and an uncle, it was you know to see uh, our kids mm-hmm. even take it another generation and 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 pass the torch on and and you know just. Uh, uh, become the, uh, you know, the Montgomery family, uh, you know, maybe we'll just be like the, the, I mean, you're, the it, country music mob, of country, yeah. you know, the well, family mob of country music. Well, sure. It's a modern day Carter family in a way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Um, uh, well, that, that's all great news, John, man. It's so good catching up with you. Thanks for being on uh, hello for hello from the nineties with me today. Uh, really appreciate it. Tell everybody. Hello. Hey, Jason, it's good to hear from you again, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll get to see you. I ain't seen you in a long time, man. And I glad, know. Glad I need- to hear you doing with